0: Welcome to Americana One. This is Ken Paulson. Today we're going to visit with Aaron Lee Tazgen, a fine performer. One of the things I find most endearing about this gentleman, though, is he is such a fan. He is clearly a man who has studied popular music, has taken it all in, and it all shows up in his music. And that's part of what we're going to talk about today. Basically, Aaron Lee inspired by his record collection. We're delighted to welcome Aaron Lee Tazgen to this extraordinary festival here 30a songwriters festival in the in the i guess this isn't the panhandle what do they call this part of florida you know i'm not really sure uh it's very northern sandestine yeah yeah it's, it's almost georgia isn't it? yeah yeah, uh, yeah it's yeah. very close <laughs> well i've had the good pleasure of, of seeing aaron lee play many times in nashville he is he is pretty much the bruce springsteen of wmot he's all over the air there and with good reason and I just love Karma for Cheap. Oh, thanks, Ken. It's a great record, but I have to ask you, because I don't know. I think it's almost a, uh, a, a you know, inkblot test. You listen to your record, and people hear entirely different influences. I know. It's really because I heard it, and and it was like the first track. That was Lou Reed. Yeah, I, I could hear Lou Reed. Sure. People hear Petty. Yep. People hear Jeff Lynn. Yeah. I'm um, trying to. Uh, I've heard XTC a couple XTC. times. Absolutely. <laughs> um, actually, <Interestingly> I, enough. <laughs> I hear George Harrison. Love George, especially produced by Jeff Lynn. All yes. that's in there. So I have to ask, what's your record collection look like? Um, it's it's got all those things in it, but it's got a lot
1: of things in it too that um, might surprise people. I mean, I'm a I'm a I'm a big you know fan of. Of people like Tom T. Hall. I'm a big fan of people like Guy Clark, um, obviously John Prine. Um, but also I'm a fan of bands like Can and Noi and <laughs> Harmonia and, uh, you know, and I love uh, the Duke Ellington Orchestra. I love Count Basie, f- if nothing else, for Freddie Green's guitar plan. Um, I love Wes Montgomery. Um, I love uh, Jimmy Smith. Uh, you know, pretty much any you know, music that, that, uh, moves me. Um,
0: and it really, doesn't matter what brand or genre. That's great. Well, that's healthy attitude for a a record collector, but particularly for your musician because (laughs) you take all that in there once was a time and I've written about rock music for a very long time that if I said to you in 1976, which I understand would not have been possible, uh, given your age, but, that, man, you're, that sounds just like Lou Reed. You probably would have been offended because yeah. it was like, well, no, I'm, I'm me, I'm original. But now we don't have Lou Reed. Yeah. <laughs> and if, and if somebody can channel that spirit, sure. I, I, I love that. I'll thank you, man. Yeah. It, you know, I think there's, there's really something
1: to what you said there, Ken, because you know i think we're we're living in a time where um these kind of indestructible heroes that we had um are are kind of disappearing and you know you can't replace a, a Lou Reed you can't replace a David Bowie you can't replace a Tom Petty or a Prince or a you know Tony Joe White or any of those guys um and you know in no way am i making a conscious effort to pay tribute to that or um you know wear that influence on my sleeve or anything like that i'm just making the kind of music that makes me feel really good in my heart and and makes me feel uh makes helps me convince myself that i can get up and and sing this for people every night and really mean it
0: I have to believe that uh, that you have to feel very good about karma for cheap. And, of course, the goal of any musician is, I would think, is twofold. One is you want to make each record better than the one before. Yeah. You want to grow somehow artistically. And then you also want to advance your career so you're 10% more famous with every <laughs> release. I think that's happened with you. I think Silver Tears was a step up and now karma for cheap i think is an even bigger step up am i reading that right yeah it's it you know it's been really interesting
1: to to see all that unfold i mean you you sometimes it's hard to tell when you're standing in the middle of it you know whether it's going better or worse but i i kind of you know rely on um you know what people's impression of it is because i feel like it's it's probably easier for them to see than it is for me in a certain sense. Um, I know that more people come to the shows and stuff like that, which is great but that's not always necessarily indicative of of anything other than just maybe you're putting on a good gig or yeah. something yeah. so yeah. Um, it's it's a great feeling to to know that people out there are, are hearing it and and sharing it and and feeling like it's um, you know something that other uh, other musical friends are
0: interested in. <laughs> that's great. Well, I have to stray from the usual topic here, which is always Americana and and music today, t- to the fact I am so impressed that you played with New York Dolls. <laughs> <laughs> that just that just blows me away. I uh, I I have been um, I occasionally teach a history course to students and and uh, at MTSU, and I I always show them a clip of the New York Dolls, and I say this is this is you got to understand this. No one existed like the New York Dolls before the Dolls. Absolutely. A- and no one had that sound. And, you know, I think they're under-recognized. under, under recognized. Uh, I couldn't agree more.
1: Yeah. I mean, I think when you look at the bands that are influenced by the Dolls, you know, you have the Ramones. You have Blondie. Um, you know, you have all, all of these, you know, the Stooges. I mean, you have all these... Um, Well, not the Stooges. Uh, The the Dolls were influenced by the Stooges. But, um, you know, you have all these bands who, you know, kind of um, are much more well-known who would immediately point to those guys and go, I went to see them at Max's Kansas City. You know, I went to see them at Kenny's Castaways or whatever, you know, in New York back in the day. And, you know, for the Ramones particularly, like those guys were living in Queens, you know, they had nothing going on. And, uh, you know, being able to go and see a band like that and, and really glam it up and, and, you know, put on a fur coat and maybe, you know, a little eyeliner or something like that seemed really exciting <laughs> at that time.
0: Well, and, and the New York Dolls um, had almost no commercial success, but, but their impact was huge. So I have to ask, given that I know your work, um, I have heard nothing in your body of work that suggests personality crisis. <laughs> what what drew them, what they say? He's the guitar player. You know, it's interesting. I had a, my first band uh, when I was living in New York
1: City. I lived there for about 10 years before I moved to Nashville. Uh, and my first band was called Semi Precious Weapons and we were on a label called Razor and Tie. and. Uh, we got a lot of dolls comparisons. Um, we weren't necessarily doing music that sounded like the dolls, but we looked a lot like the dolls and had a very similar attitude. And the music industry responded to us very similarly in that they just had no idea <laughs> what on earth to do with us. And I remember we, play, we were doing a little um, residency And we were being produced by Tony Visconti uh, on our first album. And Tony brought Sylvain Sylvain and uh, Steve Conti, who were the two guitar players uh, in the Dolls, Steve in the more recent lineup, still the original, uh, to see us play. And uh, those guys, both talked to me after our show for like an hour and i just you know i was in hog heaven i just thought it was the coolest thing so when steve was taking some time away from the band he called me up and said hey man you know you still got that weird haircut you still wearing those (laughs) wild outfits i said yeah i sure am every day he goes well, I'm, I'm taking some time off the dolls, you know, and, and I need someone to, you know, f- kind of fill in for me, and, and would you be willing to do it? And I said, absolutely. And I learned 35 songs from memory, showed up, we had one rehearsal, and got on a plane and <laughs>
0: flew to Peru. But <laughs> for, for those who don't know Tony Visconti, he, I mean, he was the glam producer. Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, Electric Warrior yeah. for T-Rex. T-Rex and Diamond Bowie. Dogs, yeah. David Bowie. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, some really classic wow. albums. Well, that's a, you know, that... That was worth joining oh. that band for. I mean, that, that entire experience, I envy that. Uh, however, I was not in the running at any, <laughs> any time in my life. I, uh, well, maybe we'll get back together yeah, again. Yeah, that's, you know? that's right. Well, tell me, um, let's talk about the, the, the relatively new album. Um, and, and tell me about Set You Free. Yeah. Set You Free is a song that I wrote
1: with some folks that you might know actually. Uh, a husband and wife duo who are dear, dear friends of mine uh, called The Mastersons yes. who play in Steve Earle and the Dukes. Uh, and another young lady who is uh, absolutely crushing it at the moment with some beautiful new songs and a new album that's coming out produced by Dan Auerbach named Yola Carter uh, who's a singer from uh, over there in England. Uh, and she is she is just my, my my sister a soul and light man I mean we toured together in Scandinavia and just hit it off and knew we had to do some stuff so she and I've been writing a bunch together but that was the first thing that we worked on and and I was just sitting on my porch in Nashville and those guys were all in town and I just I think Yola was maybe even staying at my house and I called the masters up and said hey I'm working on a song come on over you know and and we all just sat out there and said lines till we made each other laugh Uh and wrote those
0: down and crossed everything else out and there we go (laughs) is that your favorite track on the new album
1: i would say it's 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 probably it's up there for me for sure
0: What else do you are you fond of?
1: Um, there's there's a there's a kind of weird um, ballad on there that um, a lot of people um, very um, kindly uh, compare to Roy Orbison. Wow. <laughs> um, called uh, Dream Dreamer. Um, that's just this very kind of um, w- wistful and and um, it's it's a much different thing than I usually do, and it was really fun to. Um, you know kind of stretch myself in that way so i'm i'm really proud of the performance that i gave on that one
0: I'm struck by the fact that, you know, wh- in your late 90s, in the late 90s, you're in a band that no one can define. And you're in the same place right now. Yeah. I mean, we, you know, we call Americana. And sure. I, for Americana, my definition is stuff I like. Yeah. That, that's, that, that's, <laughs> it's a very, <coughs> bro- but, it, you know, and, and uh, but I'm not sure the music you make now, where would that have fit? In 1985. Yeah, I don't
1: really know. You know, would um, that have been rock?
0: I think probably. Yeah. That's that. That's
1: the that's would be the closest thing that I would find to it. I mean, you know, I would I would certainly you know, maybe we could have gone on tour with the Del Fuegos or you yeah. know something yeah, yeah. like that back in that time. Right. You know. Um. But that that's I I would say, you know, I call it either you know rock and roll americana or uh you know americana rock and roll which yeah, <laughs> whichever <yeah>. you
0: like <laughs> i'm all for it um so tell us about the next recording venture i'm sure it's in the early stages but do we have a long time to wait um i think it's going to probably be
1: released this fall and what it's going to be is a sort of reimagined uh sort of acoustic version of uh, karma for cheap oh, oh. you know a lot of those songs Um, kind of got to where they were on that record because I was playing them with my live band. Uh, and so, what we what, what we're doing a, uh, a producer named Patrick Damphier in Nashville and I, who's worked with Richard Swift and Jessica Lee Mayfield and uh, a bunch of really um, great artists, um, we're sort of reimagining those songs uh, in really simplified settings. So it might just be me and acoustic guitar, it might just be me and piano or organ, um, but it's going to be uh, that. But also, like, Patrick has this wonderful way of painting these kind of sounds that are almost like Polaroid pictures of a sound. Um, So it's kind of got this really kind of nice, like, hazy, you know, kind of psychedelia to it as well. So it's an interesting, you know, recording um, process in that way because a lot of time is spent kind of... uh, you know by trial and error uh, just trying out weird crazy things running you know stuff through a a four-track cassette machine (laughs) and then and then putting that back into the computer and and stuff like that so we really get pretty um pretty wild with it when we're tracking and uh i think it's going to be um you know if you're a fan of the of the karma for cheap record i think it's going to be a really fun
0: listen to anybody who's enjoying those songs you know sean sean mullins just re-released No, reinterpreted his, his biggest album acoustically, but that took 20 years. (laughs) Some reason you're rushing this. (laughs) Well,
1: you know, we were kind of, I've, I've got about, I also have about 15 songs, uh, tracked for, uh, a new album. Um, but. Uh, with the way the release schedule works at New West Records, like we probably won't be able to put that out until early 2020. So this is something that um, we're doing um, just as kind of a, a thank you all to like all of the people who've been so incredible in supporting this record.
0: Like the Beatles' Christmas records. Yeah! That's what this yeah. is. <laughs> Minus
1: the talent and charisma.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Aaron Lee, always a pleasure to talk with you. Thank you so much for having me, Ken. Thanks for being here. Always terrific to talk to Aaron Lee Tasgen. Thank you for listening. Check out our podcast on every reputable podcast provider. And listen here on this station to the next episode of Americana One.